thank you to this week's sponsor of TNG Coaching. TNG Coaching's vision is to teach values through activity and experience, to guide creativity, instill confidence, champion self-worth, and celebrate identity. This journey begins by reflecting on our own performance, by collecting our thoughts and feelings on paper. Both positive and negative, we begin to discern ways to respond to challenges. Opening a personal dialogue and sharing concerns has been proven to create deeper bonds with peers. Journaling how these relationships evolve can help assign roles and build the support structure every team needs to function effectively. When complete, your journal will stand as a lasting reminder of your commitment to your cause and your ambition for personal and professional growth. You can find the Coach's Journal on Amazon through the link or go to tng.coach for more information. Welcome to Recess Duty, a podcast for educators to come together to share struggles, but also celebrate successes by sharing stories and ideas in a safe and supportive environment to collaborate with one another. Here's your host, Levi Allison. Hey everyone, this is Recess Duty with your host, Levi Allison. And today we're here with my very good friend, Tom Rim, who is a new teacher with a passion for empowering student literacy. We'll discuss their journey and experience in education. Thank you for joining us today, Tom. How are you doing? Oh, thank you so much for having me. I feel great, well-rested, having a great morning. Yeah, thanks. thanks a lot for having me. I've been wanting to get your experience because you have such diverse experience working in Hogwarts in Vietnam and Korea, now internationally, working with the literacy room, working with mentor techs, being a new dog dad, because, you know, Mr. Jose and Weston are best friends. So it's something we've experienced together. So I'm so excited to have you here, Tom. I'm very happy. So, Tom, for our listeners abroad, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into teaching? Is it something you've always wanted to do? What has been your experience? Yeah, so I've always wanted to teach. And originally, um, when I was little, like sports ran my life. Mm -hmm. Like I was always I started playing baseball when I was like three or four. I then I played American football and got really into that. And I just knew that I wanted sports to to like be a part of my life basically forever. Mm -hmm. Right. And so my plan was to be like a history teacher and then be like fully all in on coaching American football. And that was basically my plan up until I graduated from, well, actually until I went to Vietnam for the first time when I was a sophomore in, in college. Wow. Yeah. So what was it about coaching that really something that you really loved? Well, I had a, I had one coach name was Josh Gibson Mm -hmm. and he was like, such an amazing person. I'm sure he still is an amazing person, but like he, uh, he really like brought, he was an offensive line coach and Mm -hmm. it's very important that everybody on the offensive line is very tight knit, very close. You're all on the same page all the time. And I remember he just kind of got the very best out of all of us. And I remember how it, how it felt to like, really kind of succeed in a really big way basically because none of us were all that good but he really like coached us and made us so that we were we're actually like a very solid offensive line Mm -hmm. and it was all about like loving each other being part of a community about like sacrificing kind of maybe what you want for the good of the team 
And it was like, it was awesome. It was like the greatest summer and fall of my young adult life, you know? So it was like, looking back, that was so, that was such a formative time. And I think that's when I was like, I want to make sure that I'm a coach. But then I went to Vietnam and that kind of went out the window. Um, But you, you coach here at Chadwick though. Yeah. So I coach uh, cross country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's been, it's been really interesting because I'm not, I do like to run, but I'm not like, I wouldn't consider myself like a traditional runner. So Mm -hmm. coaching these kids who are actually like very good runners Mm -hmm. because sometimes it's not very natural to me, but I've like, because it's my first season and now the first season is kind of like winding down. I do feel like I'm starting to really enjoy it and pick it up, like getting to know these kids and really enjoying kind of coaching them and hanging out with them. So that's so amazing. I love when people put themselves in a risk. I know I could never coach cross country. It's not something that's going to be in my forte, but way to be uh, like a risk taker and by showing that you're trying something new for these students who, in other words, are very nervous of trying new things here because they're, it's so black and white of being either I'm amazing at it or I don't do it at all. Mm, and yeah. so that's really very cool for you. So Tom, how do you bring in that coaching mentality into your classroom of creating that community, creating that tightness and creating that love? Um, well, I think a lot of it is owning up to like, if you make a mistake or if you say something that is wrong. And someone says, no, actually, like, if I'm just thinking of like a math problem on the board or something, and if it's wrong, you know, you can, it's okay to admit you're wrong, kind of like celebrate mistakes, mm-hmm. because then they'll realize that it's okay for them to, to make mistakes too. Absolutely. Um, and I also like to, I don't like to be like, in front of a classroom talking for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. I like to try to get the point across as much as possible and then have them go and do it. And then I'll kind of walk around the room and see where I can like individually coach, I guess, because mm-hmm. everybody is always in a classroom and everyone's going to be in a different place. Mm-hmm. And so my goal usually is to kind of shoot the information out into the class and then try to meet these kids where they are and help them however they need. So when you say what they just go and do it, can you give me an example of what that looks like? <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. I'm excited yeah. to hear what that looks like. Yeah. So that's not very specific. I guess <laughs> just go and do it. No. Um, <laughs> like I'm thinking back to my ESL, um, experience in like Vietnam and in mm-hmm. Korea that first year. And, um, as an ESL teacher, it's almost like the less you talk, the better you're doing because you're allowing them to practice. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be a person who's like up in front of a class talking for, you know, cause a lot of these classes are only like 40 minutes long. Mm-hmm. So you have about maybe 10 minutes of instructional language. And then it's like practice because you're not going to improve by just listening to me, you know? So I guess um, like an example of that would be like giving um, students like an opportunity to use language in a, like in an authentic way or trying to make it as authentic as possible. Um, 
where that kind of comes out in with my experience at Chadwick, I think like we're going through like our structure of literacy Mm -hmm. is a mini lesson and then give them that time to either have protected reading or give them time to write. So the mini lesson really should only be like, I think Matt Glover said like seven minutes long. Mm -hmm. And then that leaves, you know, 33 minutes for you to either meet with them and see how they're doing like individually, or they're just getting that practice. They're getting that time or that protected time to read. And when you say practice, what are they practicing specifically? Um, Well, it depends on, I mean, we just finished an open genre writing unit. So really they, they were just writing whatever they were super passionate about. Okay, cool. And so my, I, I, I had like a mentor text that I kind of taught them or Mm -hmm. helped like teach them. And it was about, um, Mr. Jose and he meets a, a raccoon in the park. Yeah. Yeah. And I was super, I, I loved it, man. I, cause I don't write, you yeah, know, like yeah, I'm yeah. not like a writer, but Matt Glover says like, kids should be exposed to all different types of writing, professional writing, their peers writing. And then also he said like teachers should write too, because they then see what they, it bridges the gap between what they're doing and what a professional writer is doing. Okay. And so I was like, okay, I'll just run with that. So I started kind of planning this story with Mr. Jose. Yeah. And I like, I got so into it. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked writing it. And I like, yeah, it was so fun. And it, it was cool because during when I was conferencing with my students, it's tough to know where their common needs are Yeah. until you start conferencing with them. Yeah. So like, I would see, oh man, a lot of students are struggling. A lot of them want to like just dump their story and then go just start new again with a brand new story. So I was like, well, now I need to figure out how I can show that through my story. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, you don't need to completely dump what you're doing. You can like make tweaks to your plan or you can, you know, because you've just, if you just dump everything you've done, and that's all just like gone. You yeah. can't get it back. So, yeah. So I guess, I don't know if that answers your question. No, absolutely. And a way to be like, again, being reflective and not just like, you know, turning that mistake into a masterpiece, you know, mm-hmm. and refining it, not just starting from scratch. And I think as a composer and as a musician, we, we experience that a lot where it's like, oh, this is a horrible idea. no just needs a little bit more refining. It needs a little bit more tuning, needs a little bit of a, maybe some layering. And it sounds very similar to what you're talking about of like, no, 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 let's confer. Let's talk about it. What can you, what are some next steps that you can try? And so how do you get those kids who also think that they're not a writer to write? You have to just find something that you really like about their right. And you have okay. to tell them that. And you have to be like, I think it's, it's been a real shift in pers- shift in my process, I guess, because in, when I was teaching ESOL, it was like, you were looking for these mistakes because uh-huh. they, their, their goal is to improve their English so that they are capable of maybe going to a school like Chadwick mm-hmm. and learning like in an English speak, English speaking school. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so it was whenever I would look at kids writing in Vietnam, it would be like, okay, I've got like a red pen. What they really need is this, like these structural changes to their writing. And that's important here at Chadwick too, I think. But I think you're building kind of like a different muscle for them. You know, yeah. you want to teach them to be creative and to take chances and you want to celebrate those chances and those, those risks that they take. Like one of my kids had a story and it was about his time. <laughs> he was out of the GS yeah. with his friends eating ramen. And there was like a, they were, they were like going to throw it away in this trash can. Right. <laughs> yeah. And the trash can was like the foot pedal one where the, it pops up like the lid pops up. And so they put their foot on the pedal to open the, to open the garbage can. They put their ramen in. And as they're putting their ramen in, a pigeon just flew into the trash can and they closed it and they were all scared. And it was all just about how um, they got this pigeon free from this garbage <laughs> can. And like, it was just such a funny story. And the title of it was The Pigeon Disaster. And I just thought it was like amazing. It's an amazing <laughs> story. So I guess like, so like, that's like a really a silly thing to write about, but it was like really cool. Like I was so happy that he chose like this really weird moment in his life to kind of, yeah, because it was a true story and it happened like a couple years ago with his buddies. Yeah. And apparently it's just like embedded <laughs> into his mind. Absolutely. And when you were looking for authentic things to write about, what better way to look for that little silly moment? Yeah. And then. Obviously, it's resonated with you as his teacher and probably the readers that he's going to give this to. And how amazing is that for him to be like, yeah, I'm a writer. Yeah. When I think like I read it and I wasn't like. I wasn't like pretend laughing. Yeah. Like I was reading the story and he knew it was a funny and like weird story. Yeah. And I was reading it. And as I was reading it, I was like, this is really funny. <laughs> like, it's a really funny story. And that's like such a skill. Like, yeah. if you can make, I mean, if you can make people laugh, however, that's yeah. a special skill. If you can do it as a writer, that's like next level stuff. And to be able to produce that as a nine year old, you yeah. know, I mean, that's really cool. And so that was definitely worth celebrating. Absolutely. And looking at how, you know, you build those relationships with those students and then you, find those really great things that they're doing really well and you coach them and make them feel empowered and make them feel honored. And, you know, what a, an amazing way for you to show that coaching aspect of looking for those small moments in a kid's writing and then highlighting that and empowering them to continue trying new things. Are there other aspects outside of mentor text or writing that you use the little skill of coaching inside the classroom? Maybe. I mean, I think like I try to, I try to look out for like my students' needs. I guess mm -hmm. like I know that there's one kid that one of my students who he is like a YouTube gamer kid. Mm -hmm. He might listen to this podcast. Oh, let's hope knows? so. Yeah, I hope it'd so. be great. But um, we're gonna share it with them. Yeah, but so he like all screen all the time, and we did this activity where it was like just see how you're doing physically. We're just going to run around the track for 10 minutes. Yeah. And a nine-year-old, that's like a big thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, for anybody running for 10 minutes, that's like a big deal. It's big for me. But he like crushed it. He like oh, absolutely wow. crushed it. And I was like, 
I'm not going to say his name, but I was like, you need to like, I was like, do you like doing this? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I like doing that. I'm like, you need to be on cross country because you're already, you're like flying. I was like, do you feel good right now? He's like, yeah, I feel pretty good right now. I was like, yeah, man, middle school, you're coming to me in two years in cross country. And I told Sam Gray, who's like on our team, mm -hmm. but he's um, like the varsity cross country coach. Mm -hmm. I was like, there's a kid who could really benefit from cross country and I want you to talk to him. And so like trying to figure out what these kids, like what is it that they actually need? Yeah. You know, like he, and so I'm really looking forward to like kind of having him have the conversation with Sam. And then if he like, if it plants a seed where it's like, oh, wow, I really like this and I really need this. Yeah. And he follows through with it. And I see him at cross country in middle school. And then maybe I see him in cross country and like with Sam, I'll be like super pumped. So I guess maybe I'm, I'm always, maybe I just have kind of like a, a coaching lens as I'm teaching too. Yeah. And you're looking for those little moments that a child or a student may not know of themselves, right? That student's not going to know, oh, I might be good at cross country until someone says, hey, have you thought about this? Because I didn't know anything about cross country or, or biking or any of this other stuff until someone told me about it. And so giving them those experiences and chances of trying something, seeing if it works for them and continuing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope he, I hope he likes it. Yeah. I, or at least if he likes it, doesn't like it, whatever. I don't really care if he doesn't like it, but I hope that he tries. I hope exactly. that he tries it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is there something that you have tried as a adult learner that you are reflecting back and being like super proud that you've accomplished? Um, yeah, last summer I decided to stay here mm -hmm. instead of going home. Cause I didn't want to quarantine again for two weeks. Yeah. And I did a bike trip from where we are here in Songdo, uh, to Busan in mm -hmm. the South. And then I flew to Jeju an island off the coast of South Korea. And I biked around there and it was like 700 something kilometers in total. And wow. Yeah. And it was so fun. And it was like the perfect way to end kind of like a crazy school year. Absolutely. Like it was just all I had to do was pedal and then stop when I was hungry, eat and then pedal some more and then find a place to sleep. There and it go. was just yeah. And it was great. It was so it was such a good way to like reflect and yeah. wind down and kind of just. Yeah. yeah. Well, as I've told you, and I'm glad you brought this up because it is definitely one of my favorite stories you've ever done was I did go home for the summer and I will never forget watching your Instagram bike trip and just being in awe of how beautiful this country is. It was truly beautiful. And here living in Songdo, which is a relatively new city, we don't get to really see that. And it was really great to see that through your lens. And I'll never forget going to breakfast with my dad and being like, where's Tom? Where's Tom now? <laughs> yeah. Let me see Tom. And I'd have to show him your stories and your posts. And he's like, that looks so cool. And so we were following you in Kansas, you oh, know? Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that, I mean, I posted, I did all those videos because I, I like rewatch them sometimes when I'm 
like bored or whatever, I'll be like, oh man, yeah, I remember how beautiful that stretch was. But um, mostly I did it because I didn't want Carly to worry about me. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so like, I know that you, like, cause we couldn't really communicate all that much because of the time difference. Yeah. And, you know, we were both busy. So like we would chat maybe once like short in the evening, yeah. like a short amount of time. But I didn't want her to be like, where is, where is this guy? Like, is he okay? So yeah. I just, I made sure to do like a couple, couple every few hours. Yeah, absolutely. And again, just how cool is it to do something that's like, do you think a lot of people have done what you did in Korea? there's like a huge cycling community in South Korea. Yeah. And I know, I know a lot of people have done it. Um, I know that a few people at Chadwick have done it. Like Sam Gray has done it. Mm -hmm. Jen Gray has done it. And I think some others, but I don't know them. So what are you, what is some advice that you would give, you know, to adult learners, young learners when they're looking at trying something new, like coaching, biking, Mm -hmm cross-country you know when they're looking at trying something that's completely out of their comfort zone how how for like me not physically active relatively i walk less than that's about the extent what's some advice you would give me to get started um like if you wanted to do that bike trip yeah i think well you have to make sure that you're comfortable being in a saddle or hours at a time so it would just be like practice just going on these rides going on like two or three hour rides at a time um and then research but don't don't be don't worry too much about it because i kind of knew that people have done it before yeah so i was just like it can't be that hard and like what's the worst i was thinking like what's the worst possible thing that could happen like outside of like a complete freak accident? Like it would be like me sleeping in a park overnight, you know? And I, and I realized like, I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Like with cross country, like what's the worst thing that could happen? I could find out that I'm like the worst cross country coach in the world. And then I just don't do it next year, you know? So it's like, um, I guess being okay with failure is probably the the most important thing that i've learned from yeah. from taking risks because i've failed a lot like when i when we first came to korea i was like we had a well i don't know that i failed but i was told that i was failing a lot oh. <laughs> so, yeah so we had a we had a boss that was just not very kind and he i think he was under a lot of stress and he kind of projected that stress onto his employees yeah but he would, um, he would like bring us into this glass office and he would just like scream at us and tell us that we were not doing a good job and that we would be fired if we didn't do better. And it was like, I was like, man, this is like my first teaching job ever. Yeah. I've never, and, and it was terrifying. And so, yeah. So I guess like, I don't know what's the worst that could happen if you cross coach cross country and you're, and you hate it and you, or you don't like it or you're not good at it. You either work to be better at it or you decide it's not for you. What a really, what a really nice way of looking at 
something that is trying something. It's either it's not for you or you're going to work to improve. Yeah. And, you know, you, you know, as somebody who definitely worries about trying new things and may, and being bad at it or being judged, I never had thought about like looking at the worst possible case scenario. Okay. It's just, just not for me. Let's find something else. Or I really do enjoy this. How can I get better? Yeah. You know, when I started this podcast, of course, it's very scary being recorded, putting it out there for the world to hear. You never know where it's going to end up. But then at the end of the day, I was like, yeah, but I'm trying something new. We're going to try it. I've got my buddy, Tom, who is a podcast expert, in my opinion. You've listened to so many different ones. I, I know when we started this, I, I constantly was getting your opinion on things. Like, And I've also was like, yeah, this is hard, but I really want to do it. So let's try to make it better. Like, yeah. So I listened to podcasts that you recommend. And yeah, what a really good way of looking at trying risk and stuff. That's yeah. really cool. Well, yeah. And I'm so I'm like, so I'm honored to be on your podcast. And I'm very proud of you that you're. Oh, you're thanks, really buddy. Yeah. Thank you. This, yeah, that means cool. a lot because I know you listen to some amazing podcasts out there. Do you recommend any podcasts for people who are listening? Wow. Um, I, I, I know you have a few, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Comedy Bang Bang yep. is one of my favorites. Stuff You Should Know is fun. Show Me the Meaning is really good. It's about like the deeper meaning behind movies or series. Like I'm listening to one about Squid Game now. Mm -hmm. And it kind of dives really deep into like what it means to be in debt and oh. why, how that's reflected in Squid Game. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there. I mean, there are a lot out there. But yeah, comedy bang bang, stuff you should know. Show me the meaning, and if you like sports, the Dan Levitard show with Stu Gatz. Very cool. Oh, that's so awesome. So, Tom, before we end, where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Well, you can find me on Twitter or um, Ms. Pia and Mr. White's classroom at Chadwick, <laughs> or um, <laughs> or the literacy room. Any of those places, <laughs> mostly Twitter. Yeah. And what, and what is your username, Tom? It's a uh, Tom Rem Four. Yeah. Awesome. We'll we'll put that in the show notes, Tom. <laughs> I right. love that answer, Tom. We ask all guests here at the Recess Duty a very important question: of What do you remember from recess growing up? Ooh, okay, so this is like a this is. I mean, I remember a lot from recess growing up. Absolutely. I loved playing all the recess games and everything, but I have like a really vivid memory. I moved from Georgia to Washington and Georgia, very dry, Washington, very wet. Right. Mm -hmm. We we're playing kickball mm -hmm. and I'm, we're like, I'm kicking, not kickball, like baseball, kickball, kickball with like the wall. I don't exactly, I don't exactly remember how you play, okay. but you kick the ball against the wall and then your friend kicks the ball against the wall. Oh, it's kind of like a, the racket game yeah yeah kind of like racquetball or like wall ball yes okay but it was like yeah so we were playing that and i remember i went to like kick the ball super super hard and i slipped and i fell on my back and i got the wind knocked out of me oh no <laughs> but i had great memories from recess but that was one that all that was like ex what popped into my head immediately Oh, my goodness. Well, we're yeah. glad you're okay. We're glad you made it out. And we're glad you continue trying new things, Tom. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Hopefully, 
this won't be the last time I'm on your podcast. And next time, I'll absolutely, be, uh, I'll be uh, a little bit more polished. Oh, you're absolutely fun. I am excited for a little teaser for our next interview. We're going to play a, uh, a game, and I'm very excited for that game. So, listeners, make sure you stay tuned for future games here on Recess Duty. Thank you, Tom, for joining this week's episode of Recess Duty. Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our next episode. I'm Levi Allison, and I hope everyone has a great day of learning. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Recess Duty. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, please share this podcast with other educators so they can join the fun. And that is the end of our Recess Duty.